In 1880, E.W. Benson, the Bishop of Truro Cathedral in England, created the forerunner to a service of lessons and carols. His service included readings and carols for Christmas and was offered as a prelude to the Christmas Eve Midnight Mass. It was adapted in 1918 by Dean Eric Milner White for use at King's College Chapel, Cambridge, England. The BBC began broadcasting this service nationally in 1928. Today, it has been broadcast internationally for more than 80 years and is among the most popular and widely heard church services in the world. In 1934, after the Christmas lessons and carol service had grown in popularity, Dean Milner White created an Advent version of the service. The Advent version is intended for use when we're not quite to Christmas Eve and are still in the intentional period of anticipation. The purpose of an Advent service of lessons and carols is, in the words of Dean Milner White, not to celebrate Christmas, but to expect it. And so in our words and music today, we are on the edge of our seats, still anticipating the coming of Christ as we search for glimpses of God already drawing near. We will hear words of challenge and comfort that the ancient prophets spoke to people living in exile and uncertainty. Many of these readings are from the prophet Isaiah, which we have been reading each week in Advent as we put together the big picture of humanity's deep need for God and God's gracious arrival in ways we do not always expect. This is a time for waiting and wonder, for experiencing the rhythm of the spirit as God draws near. May this morning's offering of scripture and song bring you a rich sense of God's love and presence in the Advent season. You may remain seated for our first hymn, except the choir will be singing Of the Father's Love Begotten, number 184, and Sue and I will make our way to our seats.
The first reading comes from Isaiah, uh, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. The prophet cries to God, desperate for relief. In this prayer of lament, Isaiah pleads with God to make a powerful, world-shifting appearance. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood, and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you and your ways, and you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourselves, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Father in front of all, holy, holy, ancient eternal light, hear our prayer. Lord, save us from the dark of our striving, faithless and troubled hearts. We The second lesson is from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 6. In this passage, we start to hear words of promise and the vision for new life in what seems desolate. The barren wilderness is going to bloom, and there will be a highway through the wasteland that no one can miss. The prophet paints a picture of joyful renewal and encourages the people to imagine it, even if it is hard to actually believe that it will happen. Hear now the words from Isaiah. 
The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and shouting. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord. The majesty of our God strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eye of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be opened. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing of joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The third lesson, Isaiah the 11th chapter, the first through the ninth verses. The vision of radical peace brought and sustained by wise, righteous leadership continues in these words of hope from Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness. He shall judge for the poor and decide with equity for the oppressed of the earth. 
He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion will feed together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the oxen. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord, and the waters cover the sea. This vision of radical peace and fearless living and fearless loving is a vision that we believe God is empowering us to make real even now, little by little. And so by our gifts and our generosity toward the ministries of this church and toward all God's people, we commit to be people of peace and people of hope. Thank you for your faithful generosity. The ushers will receive this morning's offering as we hear our next anthem.
fourth lesson is from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. We hear that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed Isaiah and continues to anoint us today to be bearers of good news to those who are oppressed. Jesus reads these same words from Isaiah at the beginning of his adult ministry, reminding us of their importance in the mission God has given all of us. Now from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities the devastations of many generations. Our hymn together is number 198, new words of Mary's song, My Soul Gives Glory to My God.
sixth lesson, the prophet speaks a word of comfort to the people who have been living in exile in Babylon. We hear the good news that when it is impossible for us as humans to make our way back to God, God promised to travel to us. We are challenged to build and maintain highways through which God can easily reach us. The reading is Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken.
Our next passage speaks of the small town, about five miles south of Jerusalem, an undistinguished town that nonetheless will be the birthplace of the Messiah, the setting of salvation. Our reading, Micah 5, verses 2 through 4. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel, who is our, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Our next hymn is O Little Town of Bethlehem, number 230, and we'll only sing the we'll sing only the first two verses. The seventh lesson is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. This passage originally served as an oracle for the coronation of a Judean king. It later found a second meaning in light of God's coming in Christ. The words speak of people walking in darkness, which is common imagery for oppression and suffering, and announces that a light has finally dawned. For the Israelites who first heard these words, they were relieved that a new king, King Hezekiah, from the line of David, had ascended to the throne and would bring security to the nation. Today, 
we hear these words and descriptions, we think of Jesus. The relief that he brings is not related to the wealth or might of King Hezekiah, and Jesus does not promise security in the way we think we need. Instead, our wonderful counselor, mighty God, and Prince of Peace is a humble nomadic teacher who calls us to lose our lives, that we might find God's abundance. King Hezekiah was, like many of our idols and people we think will save us, a light for a specific day and age. But Jesus, our challenging revolutionary savior, is the eternal light that shines in the darkness. The light that the darkness did not, will not overcome. And now from Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied exultation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be no endless peace. For the throne and David and his kingdom, he will establish it and uphold it. With justice and with righteousness, from this time onward and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts. We'll do this.
Now is the time for the eighth lesson, Luke 1, 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. We have now come to the New Testament, to the events just preceding the birth of Jesus. We hear of the angel's unexpected news for Mary, that she has been chosen by God to bear Jesus into the world. Mary responds first with wondering questions and then accepts her role with the word of courage and faith. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. In, and the scripture begins, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be a holy, he will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
Will you pray with me, please? Gentle God, we pray for courage this Advent. May we never tire to lift up our souls to your grace, no matter our pain, our scars, or our weariness. May hope flood our soul this holy season. We pray today for the end of war, shootings, and all destruction. For the brokenhearted, the dying, and the terrified, we pray to you, our healer and our hope. We pray for the people whose names and particular situations are on our hearts this morning, for children and for youth, for the aging, for the ill, for those facing surgeries or facing a big decision, not knowing what comes next. May we listen, God, and offer to be present. And amidst all that is painful, and wrong and scary and heartbreaking in this world, God, open our souls to your persistent sparks of life, to your bursts of light that kindle unshakable joy in the most unlikely of circumstances. May we tend that light, name the joy when we see it, stand as witnesses to its enduring power and its gift to all your people. We offer this prayer as your children, as those to whom you have entrusted this beautiful hurting earth. Come and live among us, tend among us, heal among us. We pray with great hope knowing you are already here. Amen. Thank you for being in worship with us this morning. I remind you to join us for coffee hour. There's a special staff appreciation coffee hour followed by a special board meeting. So it'll be a really fun day. I hope that you'll join us. Can we take a minute? This choir is filled with returning voices and new voices and great friends. have worked so hard and under the leadership of Simone and my heart is filled with gratitude for the gift they have given us and that they give us each week. And so I pray that you will go with a heart full of gratitude as well to share wonder, to share love, and to share joy. Go in the name of God who creates and redeems and spurs us on. Go in peace. Amen. NBUMC Weekly is a production of North Bethesda United Methodist Church, located in Bethesda, Maryland. Follow us on YouTube and Facebook at North Bethesda UMC or on Instagram at Loving All Neighbors. All music is licensed via Christian Copyright Licensing International, CCLI. <laughs>